Hello, welcome to Cultivating R&R, the safe space. My name is Denise. And I'm Rachel, and we're going to get started today talking about moral injury, burnout, compassion, compassion fatigue, and grief. Yes. All right. So first up, let's talk about how does moral injury and burnout tie into grieving? So I think a big part of grieving is with moral injury and burnout is grieving what we expected, especially in moral injury, right? Like you get a new job, you're all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, excited, cannot wait to start. And then you start working for this agency and questioning things and learning that their values don't align with yours. And I think a lot of times we don't start grieving until we leave the job, get fired, have conflict, um, because we don't recognize what's happening for us, right? Um, Grieving is is rough, <laughs> especially when it's like your dream job, right? You work so hard to get here, you got it, you expected it to be a certain way, and then you're feeling overwhelmed, like you can't keep up, and it's super natural to start blaming yourself first, right? You start thinking, well, maybe it's me, I'm not good enough, and then we start to feel burnt out, right? Because I can't keep up with the expectations of the job, they keep adding things, they keep asking me to do more, take on more, and it comes from like recognizing how much you do right and the worth that you have for the agency or the company and instead of them like praising you and just kind of giving you rewards they give you more work that's Mm. that's the alternative right yeah that's a lot (laughs) and actually i hadn't heard about moral injury if i'm very honest with you until you brought it up and that made so much sense and in in reality what it is it's um going against your beliefs Mm -hmm. right or witnessing somebody going against your beliefs and it it affects you deeply Mm -hmm. um and how it differs from burnout is burnout is like you said doing the work getting more work added um and just constantly being on a go 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 so I just wanted to... I also want to throw out that I didn't actually learn the word moral injury until last year, and it was because of the dope black social workers, shout out to Joy, um, where she started talking about how she thought it was burnout, right? She's like, why am I so burnt out at this agency? And then she comes to find out that it's not that I'm burned out. It's that what this agency is practicing does not align with who I am as a person, right? Like the moral values that I hold, the ethical standards that I hold myself to, And instead of being able to talk to my agency, my boss, or whoever about it, I blame myself, right? Because I feel like it's just me. Everybody else seems fine. The agency isn't willing to hear what I have to say, or they give you the, my favorite, the stakeholder Mm -hmm. argument, right? Like what our stakeholders want versus what is ethical or moral in terms of how you practice social work or even, you know, therapy in general. And so then instead of having someone support you, you feel alone. Right. And then you're like, why am I feeling so isolated, so frustrated? Why am I unmotivated to do my work? And it's because it doesn't align with your values, which right. I agree with you. I think it's very different than burnout. Yeah, <laughs> right. But I mean, it makes sense. You're taught, we are taught burnout, right? As social workers, mm-hmm. it's um, self-care, right? We self-care always get away. <laughs> <laughs> we always get uh, self-care thrown out in there to avoid burnout, but they don't talk about moral injury right mm-hmm. we don't talk about how our differences in beliefs and and in as an agency pushing you to go against your beliefs how that's going to impact you which mm-hmm. you know of course they're not gonna 
they're not really going to teach you on it, right? Because right? then that requires you to right. have to do the social justice aspect <laughs> of social work because I think people forget social work is political, right? right? I think that's one of the main things I see on a lot of my abolitionist social workers pages is social work is political. And I think a lot of times you get into clinical social work and people want you to believe that's not that's not your role anymore. Right. Now you just have to focus on your clients. And it's like, I hear you and I cannot heal somebody in an economy or a society that is not geared towards their healing. So if I have a client who's struggling because of systemic issues around them Mm -hmm. that prevent them from making more money, finding affordable housing, whatever it is, because of the economy, that's not their fault. I can't cope their way out of that, right? Like you can't cope your way out of capitalism, right? So recognizing that we do have a duty as social workers and therapists to advocate for our clients in any atmosphere that we find ourselves so if we're in a political atmosphere absolutely we should be standing up and fighting for our clients rights I think that's really important and I think when you have that mentality of a social worker and you go into agencies where that is not the expectation that's where you start to see a lot of that moral injury right where we hear social workers and therapists saying you know I feel so much better now that I'm in private practice I have so much more control over how I practice now that I'm in private practice and I personally think social work as a field, we should be holding these agencies responsible, right? Like you want us because we can do this work. You can get paid for our work. And in order to do that, you need to align with our values. Yes. Um, But I think that starts with an ASW. I'm going to throw that out there. I think that has to start (laughs) at the top. I don't think it can start with the individual social work. It's got to start at the people that advocate for us. Yeah, definitely. Um, And that's interesting that you bring up the, like the agencies holding them accountable because um in one of our posts about moral injury um what you had found was that research puts on the responsibility to the individual mm-hmm. to heal yeah. right the expectation <clears throat> is the individual has to avoid burnout right like you have right. to find the balance you have to set the yeah. boundaries and the problem is that if i'm living paycheck to paycheck working Oof. for an agency to be able to afford housing or daycare or whatever for my kids I don't have the luxury of setting boundaries if there's right. fears of repercussions, right? So if I'm coming in and my boss is great and wonderful and she's like, oh my goodness, you do so many things. Also, can you do this one more thing? I notice that you're so good at this. Can you take on this? And the fear, and this is a very valid fear for many people, is if I say no, I lose my job, right? right? And now I'm fighting homelessness and starving and neglect for my children because I don't have a way to pay for and maintain my lifestyle. So the burnout isn't on the individual. No. It's on the agency. The agency needs to recognize these is this is the job I hired you to do. Mm-hmm. Right. This is the expectations I gave you, your duties, and that's what I should be asking you. And we should be empowering employees to say, listen, I hear that you want me to do this extra task projects whatever however my job duties are this so if you'd like me to remove a job duty to take on this project please let me know we should be swapping that out right because that's the balance and i think that that's where the agency responsibility comes in but like i said most of the research is like oh well you as the employee yeah. need to set boundaries you need to find social supports you need to make friends with your coworkers. and honestly sometimes we don't want to be friends with our coworkers. man sometimes <laughs> i want to come in clock in get this bread and go home like i don't care what's happening with susie i don't care so like i shouldn't have to do that to be able to function and i think right. there's this new i don't know if you've heard of this have you heard of quiet quitting mm, yes, yes 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 so there's this new idea in i guess corporate america that quiet quitting <clears throat> is you doing your job exactly as it's defined mm. and they uh, they um contribute that to you quitting 
like, oh, you're not willing to be a team player. You're not willing to right. do that. And it's like, no, I am absolutely a team player. And I'm super willing to do what I need to do. But this is my job description. And I don't have the emotional, mental capacity to take on anymore. Yeah. You hired me for this. I'm doing this. I'm going to clock in, do my job, and go home. Why is that me quiet quitting? Yeah. Why is that so threatening to you? Because now it calls attention to what you need to do as an employer. Doesn't feel like my fault. When I think that we've seen that in a lot of different fields, like you said, in corporate America, um, I've seen it also in the healthcare field, mm-hmm. right? Where why is it so difficult to hire nurses? Well, because you want nurses to do way too much for what you're willing to pay them, right? Mm-hmm. So that's not the nurses don't have to be the ones to self care and cope their way out of it. Like you said, it's right. the agency, the hospital the hospital itself has to be the one to change it around Mm -hmm. um, to make that more inviting for them to want to be there. But I think it's just a respect, right? To me, it says more about respect that you're willing to pay me what I'm worth. If you're sitting here telling me, oh, you have a bachelor's degree, I'll give you 50 cents for it. You know Mm. what? I'm going to go ahead and take myself somewhere else. However, if I'm desperate, I'm taking that job because that's what I, I, it's more important to me to eat than to get paid appropriately. Which is unfortunate, but that's what a lot of Americans face, right? And then you have these greedy corporations ah. talking about, well, I'm only willing to pay you this much. Right. And don't you dare all try to get on the same page and ask for more. Now you're all fired. Like, mm-hmm. there is a pressure from society to settle. And so then it creates this burnout culture because people feel like they have nowhere to go. Definitely. Um and I'm going to say, sorry, I'm going to jump in there. I think that that's part of the grieving process is recognizing that you don't have support and this is going to be placed on you. That's perfect because I was going to say, why is it important to grieve? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's important to grieve and then I'm going to have you answer, of course. Um, I think it's important to grieve because I think it helps you move through the process of what do you do next? Because if you take on the pressure of society to be responsible for your burnout then you have nowhere for all of that to go right and there becomes this animosity this resentment this anger and it's kind of geared towards yourself because then you start having thoughts like well why can't i afford self-care i just want to get my nails done that's self-care why can't i do that and really the reality is i don't make enough to take care of myself Mm -hmm. like that's the reality and so kind of grieving that this is not you that's creating this is really important for you to be able to i think see clearly and like give that anger a space to go Definitely. And grieving, grieving moral injury and burnout is an important process for the, for the person to heal. That's Mm -hmm. part of the healing process. And as you've described the process of, you know, moving forward. And unfortunately, a lot of the times we do see people who burn out and will quit. You know, and they move on to completely different fields. Completely different fields. fields. And that's so sad to me because... You know, we spent we spend a lot of our time getting these degrees and, mm-hmm. you know, and we have our goals and our aspirations and our motivations of what brought us into the field. And so for something to happen where you are, you know, so conflicted internally that you that you quit and like move to a whole different area of work is um, that's tough, you know, and so that's why it's important to grieve, to grieve that burnout, to grieve that moral injury and grief is like when we lose someone grief is like if if somebody has passed away and and 
we go through those through yeah. those stages of grief, right? We go through all of them. Um, sometimes we circle back. Some, you know, grief is not linear. Grief happens mm-hmm. differently for everybody. <clears throat> I think it's also like it's a process, right? I think we have to remember that it is like a pendulum, right? Because exactly what you're des- describing, uh, switching fields completely after you have reached like the maximum capacity yeah. of burnout or moral injury is so common and there is that like okay I really like what I'm doing now but it's hard because I really loved right. where I started right like I really wanted to get into this field maybe I really wanted to be a doctor or whatever and now I own an Etsy shop because I couldn't handle being a doctor right. it's like kind of that pendulum swings back and forth it's like I love the freedom to do what I really like to do like my hobby is now my job I love that however I'm grieving that the life I thought I was going to have when I went to medical school or whatever is no longer an option for me because I can't handle it anymore and I think that's important in your grieving process to move into healing in discussing grief um we are coming across our you know big date in our country which is 9-11 mm-hmm. um and just the impact that 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 event had on our nation and continues to have on us nowadays um you know Still impacts, yeah. Still impacts. All of us. I mean, I still have some anxiety getting on a plane. I love traveling. I'll never ever say that I don't, but I would be lying if I didn't say I had a little anxiety every time I got on a plane. And that has nothing to do with, like, the passengers or anything like that. It's just, like, this fear of, like, will it crash? Is the plane always way? Like, right. what's going on? Like, so there is that kind of anxiety that now comes along with flying, I think, in our country. Yeah, just, and, I mean, I think one of the important things in looking at grief is, in that particular that particular instance that occurred like how it affected us as a country um and i think we, one of the things we were talking about before we started before we started recording was the societal expectations mm-hmm. right like how somebody grieves yeah and i think we wanted to bring this up because it directly relates to how we get compassion fatigue right um it's important to call out that compassion fatigue is the combination of burnout and secondhand trauma. And when we look at 9-11 and even how our country processed that, we look at how we were all bombarded with the images and videos and firsthand accounts of what was going on, watching the buildings fall, seeing the planes crash. And there was this dismissal for people that were not immediately in the vicinity, right? Where we're like, oh my God, this is terrible, but we shouldn't, I shouldn't be as upset about this because it's not happening to me, I'm not there. And I think we do the same thing in grieving, feeling burned out, moral injury, all these things, because we convince ourselves, well, it's just me, right? right? I'm the only one that feels this way. And I shouldn't, I shouldn't be this upset. Like there are people starving, right? There are people who are homeless. Why am I so upset about my job? And so I think that in our society, this grieving process is expected to be individually completed Mm -hmm. um invisible then nobody wants to see it and it's uncomfortable right so because of that there's this removal of support because people are like well that's you that's a you problem Mm -hmm. you're sad that's that's a you problem don't bring that negativity to me right we have this new idea of toxic positivity oh yeah um all over social media of like well if you're sad you don't need friends like that they're bringing you down and that's not the case we're all human you're allowed to grieve you're allowed to be upset and you're allowed to be just as impacted by secondhand trauma as you are or as the person who is directly going through right right like your experience is not 
dictated by other people. And I think that's where society's expectation about grief is harmful to most people, right? Like, it's very much like, oh, you had a loss in your family, you have three days off. That's your bereavement Oh my gosh. I lost somebody I've known my entire life and you're giving me three days to get over it? That is, that's insanity to me. Yeah. That we would have that expectation as a society of like, oh, three days is enough. No, it's not. No, it's not. I have to grieve the life that I had with this person, the life I wanted to have with them. I have to also grieve now my family structure changing, maybe expectations in my family changing, my responsibilities changing. There's a lot that happens when we experience grief and loss, right? And as a society, again, it's very individualized. Mm -hmm. Well, this is just, you just need to get over it. You just have to suck it up. And we see that when people talk about moral injury and burnout and all of these things, it's the same attitude. I think that's harmful to all of us because then it prevents us from finding a solution that's viable right and going back to to burnout and self-care i think self-care tends to be a band-aid for burnout in you know instead of grieving Mm -hmm. so instead of grieving what you're going through self-care it away um and that's not always possible right like doing your nails is nice but but it's it's expensive why do you think i taught myself (laughs) (laughs) when it's not gonna change your situation right it's not gonna it's not gonna really um fix anything fix anything right whereas grieving you're grieving the loss you're grieving you know whatever situation you're going through and so as we come across 9-11 we're gonna be grieving grieving that loss Mm -hmm. of the people and the changes that happened and so that's where we have TSA, right? Yeah, like, and all the new rules. Yeah, in TSA. all the yeah. new rules. You got to go through that like X-ray looking machine, right? <laughs> <laughs> you got to have your, you know, luggage randomly searched, yes, right? Yes. So, but I mean, it all comes from what what happened. That mm-hmm. one that terrorist act changed how we function. As a how country. we function as a country. It mm-hmm. changed how we view terrorism. It changed how we view, you know, flying. Mm-hmm. Right? It changed so much. And so the same thing happens when we experience burnout and moral injury, when mm-hmm. we grieve it, it we're gonna be grieving the changes that come with it, right? And it changes how you practice your work, right? Yeah. Like because if you get burned out and I want to say this I think it's a special kind of burnout (laughs) for interns because they tend to be the ones that have to work with the most vulnerable right and I don't think we talk about this enough either so I'm going to throw this into this um your interns I remember being an intern and the first thing I first agency I interviewed for was like strictly foster care right it was like completely children in um, traumatic situations. I think one of them, there was like sexual assault. Like there are so many things that you immediately get thrown into after just getting out of graduate school and not really having your footing about you. And then you're hearing these traumatic stories all day, right? Mm-hmm. And as an intern, they expect you to see like eight, nine clients a day. Like you need to be booked, booked and, right. booked and busy, right? That's what they expect from you. And little pay, we'll talk about that in another <laughs> episode, but they want you to be booked and busy and you're hearing all day in and out kids that are struggling or if you're doing assessments you're hearing these heavy stories about and seeing right like the scars and bruises and scabs that these kids have from all this this abuse and they're expecting you to come in and have the smile and be ready to go and be so friendly and nice and you're like 
I'm drowning. My kids for the last three days have just been telling me about all of this trauma that they lived through. And I don't know how to smile right now. Right. And you're telling me to go home and self-care. I can't self-care away hearing all of this trauma. Like, this is hard. And if you have your own trauma history or anything that's, you know, and maybe your capacity for trauma holding is very low because you just got out of school. You don't know what that's like. And so you don't know how to separate yourself from those stories yet. And I think that creates bigger burnout. And then you see interns who are like, I don't want to do this. This is too much. And there's not a balance that gets had, right? Because the expectation of interns is you work with Medicaid, right? Clients who have Medicaid. And I agree. I think think they're just the most vulnerable people. And then you get all these people in your office that that have maybe experiences with psychosis or have long histories of emotional abuse as adults, as children. And you're just supposed to know how to carry all of that. And when you go into supervision and you're like, I'm crying and sad and you're like this is so much and they're like well then maybe you're in the wrong field and it's that blatant right like that disconnected and i think that speaks volumes to what society's expectation is of people grieving burnout or going through moral injury i think that that's the that's it that's the picture well then you're in the wrong field right you can handle it Mm -hmm. i've heard that said too with um not i mean not necessarily being in the wrong field Sorry, I was thinking about having thick skin. Mm-hmm. I've heard that being said about social workers, right? You need mm-hmm. to have thick skin in order to be in this field. Maybe we just need more support. Yeah. <laughs> Why do we need thick skin? Why? I think that that's the old school mentality of social work, which is why I think now newer social workers are defining moral injury and burnout and compassion fatigue. I think because we're starting to say, like, there's no way my skin is going to be thicker just because you want it to be like just because I'm a social worker doesn't make me less human like I'm human first and then I choose to do this work because I'm caring and I'm passionate about it and I I think that I love um (laughs) um the plan of like how do I get out right how do I get out of social work like what's my plan what's my 20 30 year plan because you cannot do this work forever yeah I mean it's because nobody is built to do this work forever there's a lot of trauma that you deal with it's a lot of trauma in the jobs you hold in the agencies you work in in the people you work with and I think being able to say this is enough this is my plan I think that's the most empowering thing I still think the the expectation is that you as individual (laughs) have to come up with this plan because like the field itself isn't like okay well you've been a social worker for 50 years let's maybe talk about how you're doing right are you doing harm are you doing good have you been keeping up with the newest things we're not doing that. So then you have old school people in this field who have not caught up to what's happening in the world around them because why well, I've been doing this forever. Mm, that's the problem. <laughs> that's part of the problem. Yes. Yeah. So society's expectations of of how we should conduct ourselves as social workers, right? Having mm-hmm. thick skin and mm-hmm. getting over it and this is not your field, right? Mm-hmm. Versus really like digging deeper into it and that's agencies really have to restructure to mm-hmm. provide more support for people to make sure that there is a balance and so you know interns if you're out there yeah. <laughs> and we know you are reach out <laughs> yes it is important to 
to be able to recognize um, experiencing burnout and experiencing moral injury, it's important for you to be able to grieve what's happening um, in order to be able to to process and heal and move forward. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, we don't want to lose you guys in, in our field. You know, I think we we constantly need people right i also want to just like throw out there i realized i said dope black social worker then i said joy and it's kim young is the dope black social worker and so i was like oh no um so shout out to kim young for coming up with moral injury and bringing awareness to it because uh that that was eye-opening for me and i think as an intern stumbling across these this language for how i was feeling started my grieving process right and starting like this isn't me (laughs) this isn't my fault this isn't anything i can look good and feel good about out of like I can't do that to get out of how I'm feeling and so yeah that started my process of like okay how do I find an agency and a job which thank god for my current place of employment that aligns with my moral and ethical values and I think we don't all have that luxury no we don't and I don't think the agencies many agencies feel that they have to be responsible for that definitely all right well so just to recap, we were talking about moral injury and grief. Um, we went over some, you know, definitions for moral injury and burnout. Um, we also talked about why it's important to grieve, which is why, it, you know, it helps with the process of healing. And then also society's expectations surrounding grief. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the times our emotions are dismissed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if we didn't experience it firsthand, which we're here to say that, that's not the case. If right. you, how even you feel you, about it yes. is how you feel about it. <laughs> yes, your feelings are valid. If yes. you witnessed it, if you, you know, heard it secondhand and it affected you, that is that is valid for you to to grieve about the situation. Agreed. Also, I just want to say, what a good therapist thing to do to wrap up. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait. So good. You're so good at it. Um, but also please stay on the lookout we're hoping to start having some supports in the community and we hope to connect with you guys yes all right thanks bye